the real warrior is not afraid to face anybody in front of him, but it will do it for the people behind him. The real warrior doesn't fight out of hate, but he fights out of love, out of love for the people behind. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and this is Mixed Martial Arts. I'm uh, in awe, I might as well say. I'm going to embarrass this gent because he's right beside me, but I managed to train with a guy that I wanted to train with for a good couple of years now. Um, if you know anything about JKD, you'll have heard of this guy because Guru Dan always references him. I don't know if he knows this, but when he'd be on the road, he would always reference Daniel at the academy, and it's uh, Mr. Daniel Lanero. Saw him today, and the guy's awesome. So, Daniel, welcome to the show, man. Hi, thank you. So, first of all, Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm born in Belgium, in uh, Brussels, capital Belgium. Yeah. And uh, I was there until like nine years old. Then we moved with my family to Luxembourg, which is uh, like a two hours drive from, from Brussels. Uh, Luxembourg is in between Germany, France and Belgium. It's kind of like a German-speaking country, but where people speak French and uh, German and Luxembourgian. But my both parents are Italian, so I'm Italian. And I was uh, born uh, and raised in those two countries. Right, and what got you into martial arts initially? You know, I always liked it. Uh, I saw the movies, my parents showed me the movies, and um, I was able, I was introduced actually, I learned uh, about Guru Dan when I was nine years old. My brother showed me a, a martial art magazine where they were showing Guru Asano. And he said, do you know who that is? And he said, I was like, no, I have no idea. And he said, well, that's uh, Daniel Santa, the king of nunchaks. And I was nine years old. I was very impressed by the picture. I saw the Brucey movies. I was like, oh my God, that's great, that's great. And then um, when I was 15, I entered a gym, which they were doing ninjutsu, but the teacher was training with Guru Santa on seminars. So he would do ninjutsu, right. but on the side, we'll do a little, little Kale, a little JKD. And once in a while, we'll go like, okay, this is how the Filipino do it. This is how we do it in JKD. And after six months of training, I was like maybe about 16. He said like, okay, no more, no more ninjutsu. Now we shift and we're going to Jikundo. We're going to do the Kali. And I was at that age. I was like, oh yeah, sure. I love it. And that's how I started. And then I met Guru on the seminar, like maybe like a year and a half after that. Yeah. Wow. So you met Guru Dan 22 and a half years ago? Yes, that that's right? correct. Wow. That's correct. That's a long time. Yeah. And tell me a breakdown. How often do you get to spend with him a week? Um, well, usually Guru would try on seminars. We will live typically we live on Friday, Friday morning. So I won't see him on Friday, and he will be back on Monday. So usually we we get together on Monday morning at nine a.m. for our first uh, jujitsu private. So he takes a jujitsu private and I assist. I get to to be the dummy guy a little bit there. So that that would be the first time I see him during the week, and then uh, usually we spend time up to Thursday. So I take his classes on Tuesday and Thursday night from five p.m to 10 p.m. And then I do assist with the kids class on Wednesday, but I do see him during the day. So pretty much we, I get, you know, I get to spend, I'm lucky, I'm very blessed. I that is, it. you know, that's unbelievable. You know, he's, uh, by, as, as you said earlier today, you know, he's a very, 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 uh, yeah, inspirational character. There's, they, they broke the molds with him, right? Yes, I, I think, you know, I mean, you know, I'm biased obviously, but I think that this is the, this is one in a lifetime. You have an individual like this that's you know so so well-rounded. He's such a great martial artist, amazing teacher, such a kind person. You know, I mean, it's just like it's one of it's like a, the UNESCO. You know, it's like a world heritage. You know, I think yes. That, you know, you know. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are great too. You can you can maybe go into I don't know like Saudi Asia and find a great great grandmaster. It'd be great. You know, but 
just take a flying ticket, go to LA, and then, you know, without like after crossing the jungle or whatever. And yeah. there you have it, super accessible, beautiful human yeah, You being, just said you know? the exact word I was going to use. He's, I don't think there's anyone as accessible as him, really. You know, yeah. I don't know if there is. I mean, there are a lot of people that are great out there, but I think there is only one great asylum. Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's the effect that you it's the effect that he has on so many different people. If you don't mind me, you don't mind me just going, we're going to backtrack a little bit to our seminar today. So Daniel taught the seminar and he was saying that the one thing that the driving motivation you needed, you know, just to get you to go training was one word, can be summed up in one word, right? Yes, that's correct. And yeah, I'll say it, but it, it, it is, it's love. It's you love, know, yeah. And that's a real empty word for a lot of people because they'll say it, but they don't realize the ramifications of what it means, you know. You, you, yeah. you, you know, you know the sacrifices that some people, yeah, they sacrifice their time to earn money, to then sacrifice their time again to come and spend time with you. So that, <laughs> that's yeah, true. it's true, that's right? Very true. That's very true. Um, you know, Guru said that to me a while ago. He said, "The real warrior is not afraid to face anybody in front of him, but it will do it for the people behind him." And then he goes, "The real warrior doesn't fight out of hate, but he fights out of love." of love for the people behind you know so they say okay the notion of self-defense okay so you defend yourself yes but you can also say okay you you pretty much like a, try to preserve your life so it's yeah. life preservation and if you enlarge that you say okay well not just my life but the life of my family of my village or my society so it's it's, it's an affirmation basically and hopefully you respect life in general so it's not about like okay taking out the person in front of you but maybe also like kind of trying to make sure that nobody gets hurt. Yeah. That would be the highest level, I think, of martial art. You know, everyone thinks that I'm profound. I'm not profound. I've got a library book. I've got a library card. So what I do is I read a couple of books and I just quote shit that <laughs> other people have said that makes me sound good. But um, it was like Don Drago. You've heard of Don Drago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Don Drago used to say that if at the highest form of uh, at the highest form of martial arts, when you walk into the room, the room should be safer because you're in there. And it, he ne- he wasn't he wasn't on about you were in there to be able to kick anyone's ass. It was because the room was safe because you weren't out of control. Mm. As a person, you, you you were comfortable enough in your own skin to not have to do stuff because, you know, unless your motives are robbery or hatred or anger, a lot I've seen a hell of a lot of violence done by somebody who's just scared. You know, yes. and that's yes. and you know, that's the only reason. It's like a knee-jerk reaction, right? Yeah, and it, it's that. we know that martial arts has given you like you know a life that most people would dream about having, right? What's martial arts given you as a person on an like an intrinsic level, not really? just not just the physical skills, which are good. Yeah, they're more than good. <laughs> the guy is awesome, right? Well, you know, I would say, you know, they say okay, martial arts is a good tool to to, to express yourself, to find yourself. So. I think that that's what it gave me, you know, he allowed me in the beginning, you step into the mat, okay, and you're basically trying to, you know, to survive in there, to apply whatever that is that you learn. But soon, little by little, what I was I was trying to explain to the guys today, okay, in order to apply a technique, you almost have to be able to kind of like commune with the other person, surrender, sink into the person to, to understand what is it about. Yeah. And that little, you know, you, 
that little thing that you have to do, like remove yourself out of the process, you learn a lot by yourself, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, you start to you start a new journey, you start to investigate yourself. So we learn at the physical level, and then uh, you start to learn at the cultural level. If you study many martial arts, you're exposed to other cultures, so you 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 leave your martial arts sphere, and then you start to study maybe about the way of the Thais, the way of the the French, the way of the Italians, the way of the Filipinos, and so so you go out there and you say, okay, there are there are there are other ways to do things. They are really good. There is my way. There is their way. And then you, it becomes like a mirror. And then yeah. you start to look back and say, okay, what is it that I do that, that I think it's good? What is it that I do that maybe I don't need? What is it that I do that I choose to do? What is it that I do that was just imposed on me? Just because, you know, navigating through life, you know, I just happen to learn those things, you know, maybe my parents. And so that, that, that that's how the process starts. And then you learn about yourself. And I think, like you said, you start to, to have less fear, you do yeah. less othering. You know, you look at the other and it's like, you go, okay, but it's just the way they do it. It doesn't yeah. mean that it's it's wrong, it's just different and it's in relation to their context. So less othering brings people together and then, like, you know, it promotes harmony. So I think in martial arts, you can learn a lot of good yeah, things. Yeah, you, you, you know, you've, people always say that golf is the biggest social leveler. I don't think so because, first of all, we wear cooler gear. You know, yeah, you trust me. Some of the gear that you golfers are wearing, you need to go and change it. You know, no, it's it isn't a social leveler because martial arts for me is because you get to hang out with a guy who's a construction worker and then another guy who's a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. you know, and they're all there and you don't even have to understand the reasons why their guys are there. And it's understanding and enjoying the process. You know, it's like we talked about Bruce Lee earlier. You know, the guy was way ahead of his time, right? With his philosophies and just his outlook, eh? I think so, yeah. According to, you know, I obviously didn't meet him, but, uh, but I think according to Guru, I mean, he must have been very, like, a genius, you know? So I think Guru is a genius too, so that's two geniuses, right? Yeah. So the, <laughs> when you put two good elements, you know, together, I think you're something, what's going to come out is going to be great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was able to see uh, far beyond the, the mundane things of, of life you know like he was in the in the 60s but he was able to look you know and see different arts and the value of it different culture going to movies i mean that's pretty it's pretty amazing what he achieved in so so short amount of time right yeah that was it well you, you know you, you said something earlier we were, t- we were talking about it where we were talking about the dogmatic nature of some martial arts and you know i'm not i'm not a big i'm not a big fan of uh running down any of the martial art you know the reason I do this martial art, uh, this martial arts podcast is I'm trying to investigate why grown men still wear pajamas and <laughs> pretend to fight with each other, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's, it's, it, yeah. Me personally, I think it's a cool hobby and I look good in pajamas. But uh, some people, when they do it, they, they, they're they very, very stuck in their ways, right? Mm. Yeah. I think, you know, like in, uh, in any sector of life, if you get together, let's say in a party or whatever, and you start to talk about different subjects, let's just say a movie for the sake of conversation, and you just only know the major blockbusters, well, basically people will start to say, well, okay, he's, he's, he's a nice guy, but he doesn't know much. He doesn't know about indie movies. He doesn't know about like the little French different movies that they have, the, the, the English uh, humor. Uh, same with goes with music. If you only know, let's say, just uh, rock, for example, right? You know, you're not into jazz. You're not into like uh, percussions. You're not into like heavy metal, or whatever. You only have one style, one genre, right? Well, usually, typically in nowadays society, they would say, well, he's kind of a dull guy. He's kind of like a dull person. But how come in martial arts, if you start to go like cross training or across the board, then you become this jack of all trade and master of none that does a little bit of everything and knows nothing. So how come in everything else that we do, we want you to be like well versed in painting? You should know like uh, impressionist, and if you only know like 
once one type, then you just like boring. But then in martial arts, some, somehow we have to only stick with one. Yeah, it's it's almost, it's almost like people they they think you're disloyal. You know, it's uh, me personally. I've had it. I've had it leveled at me loads of times. Where I've been teaching a seminar and they're like, "Well, where's that from?" And I went, "Well, it's Western boxing." And uh, well, where's that from? Oh, th- th- that could be Thai, Thai boxing. Where's that? From? That's from Silla. That's from shoot wrestling. So how do you remember all this? I said, "Well, there's only so many different ways that you can move, mm-hmm. but there's a thousand ways we can say it." Yes. And yeah, but if you study all those arts, don't you just yeah, it gets diluted somehow. And I, yeah, me personally, I don't know anyone who didn't get smarter by having less books. You know, yes, and, that, yes, yes, <laughs> and that's, that's it, right? That's you know, I, I've that's got exactly an, I've got true. an extensive library. Yeah, you know, that's... you've got one book, and I, you know, it's okay. But it, you know, um, yeah, for sake of conversation, just take karate. You know, we don't live in feudal Japan anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it it was probably good at the time, but we evolve. It was, you know, one of the things Daniel was saying earlier today with the seminar was great because you were saying about um, this personally, for me, I really, I really dug it. I thought it was awesome. You were saying about um, Wing Chun and Taoism and yeah. having to understand. Yeah. And if you can expand on that, just for the simple reason, I want to hear it and I want to keep it for posterity so I don't forget it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of a long uh, conversation, but uh, the idea is like, okay, if you want to understand, let's say, so basically martial art embedded with culture. So if you want to understand Wing Chun, you can just go into to, to a place and learn the technique is fine. But if you do understand the the culture and the philosophy of, of, uh, of China, which is Taoism and Confucianism, those are, you know, two very important, um, philosophy or religion what you want to call it okay it will help you okay so for example if you understand the principle of resting intuition or um, the way that the king should align with the cosmic force that's what the cosmic force they call it cosmic force okay the 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 Tao basically okay so they say if um, if the Tao is everywhere okay and uh, the heavenly body follows the Tao and then the earth follows the Tao and the seasons and the land follow the Tao and if the the king allows himself align himself with that it will do the right the right way the right thing that's why you call resting and intuition okay yeah so basically you you just follow this 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 uh, philosophy basically i don't want to go too much deep into it because it, it will take a long time and without you know without any of anybody in front of me it would be kind of hard to explain yes. but 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 basically the belief is like okay you have this this spontaneous way of of doing things, you know, that follows this, this energy. And that's what they call resting and intuition. So when you trap now, that's what Bruce said, okay, you let him trap himself. That's what yes. they say, basically. So that's the idea that you don't force anything. It's not you doing the technique, but you just follow the path or this resistance, okay? So without sounding too philosophical now, but since you asked the question. No, no, right? no. So this why I'm loving the, it. the point was, okay, if you do study the background of, of a society, let me quote Guru for a second. He says, okay, to understand martial art, you have to understand the period and the history that that martial art was taking place. Like you said, karate is a great martial art and it still is. But obviously, it's happening in a certain context. So if you study the context, the period and history, then you understand better. Now, if you understand the philosopher of the time and the philosophy, again, you understand, it gives you depth of, of understanding to, to, to yeah. the knowledge, right? So same thing here with the, with the Wing Chun or any Chinese martial art. It's useful to to understand the 
the, the Taoism that, or the religion that they used in the same way that it'd be interesting to learn a little bit about Christianity if you want to learn about the Filipino martial art from the central mm. and maybe the northern part. Now, if you want to understand the, the southern part, it'd be good to be a little bit well-versed in, in, in Islam, okay? Yeah. And I'll give you another example, okay? Like today, we did a little bit of kickboxing. Yeah. Part of that kickboxing is based or inspired from French boxing. Now, French boxing, the, the French in general is a very like a brainy place, a, bra yeah, yeah. a brainy culture, let me just say. So everything is very like um, methodical, like it's like, you know, the way they write, the way they speak, the way yes. they cook. You can find that signature, you yes. know, that everything's like very Cartesian sometimes. Yes. That's it. So we find it in the boxing. So what, well, I'm, I'm not saying you should be like a a philosopher or like a, a old sage with a growing a long beard. What I'm saying is like, if you do study the background of a culture, you understand the flavor of the martial art as well. It gives you a cultural appreciation, which Guru Dan always talks yes. about. Uh, and that always gets me, you know, you know, I know you guys are listening to it now. You've got a ton of friends all over the world, but that's from Facebook. <laughs> you know, I, I've met friends in the old fashioned way where we've met Dan and we've talked <laughs> and we, we're friends, not because we get on so much, but we, we acknowledge each other's differences and respect them anyway. Yes. And that's, the, you know, that for me, that was the one thing. I've always said this. Uh, for me, don't get me wrong, I love Jeet Kune Do and I love Carly and I love the Inno Santo blend. And, you know, for me, there's nothing else because it's like literally, you know, you meet Dan Inno Santo and the first thing he does, and he, he doesn't go up to you in, in, individually and say, I'm allowing you to be you. But what he'll do is he'll say, you know what, you're enjoying this, do it, take it to where you want to go. Uh, if you're going to teach and you're going to teach and use my name or by some association, then first of all, hopefully you're going to be pretty good. And secondly, there's going to be a morality behind it. But for me, it's always been the people. For mm. martial arts, that's always, I just get to hang out in a room with people that I really love and do cool stuff. Yes. That's it. And, you know, the rest of it, yeah, it, 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 it comes for free. You know, and, it, and as we said earlier, uh, yeah, I've seen guys, especially in the reality world, you know, this reality-based training, which I'm going to grab you on a minute, right? Because, yeah, Dan and Osanto has taught, like, there's cutting-edge technology and then there's cutting-edge technology. You know, when you look at the law enforcement guys and the guys that he's trained, you know, it just doesn't get any better. And then mm. he's got a kids' class going on in two hours later. You yes, know, yes. Me personally, that has to be great just as balance for just humanity right you, you you see this every day right so yeah i do i mean you know i, I think that's 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 amazing when i when um, i saw the kids class start at the academy you know guru asked some of us if we could help you know i thought that's amazing but at the same time i was a little scared you know kids i don't know but now i can see the value of it i mean you you know you can really like give so much to kids uh, through the training you know the they learn patience, they learn how to help each other, they learn, uh, we, we teach them about, again, different cultures, or they learn the different flags, they learn about the, the geographical places, or, or what they studied, the history, when Mutai came to the United States, and these kids, they know so much stuff. We have four or five years old doing like trapping. I mean, it's amazing. And at the same time, you know, they learn that there is a elder, so someone in front of them, yeah, and there is a, a younger, the youngest, which is behind them. So it's kind of nice. They have a question. They, you know, they tap the shoulder of the person in front of them. They ask a question, and the person behind them, okay, does the same thing. Or they can turn around and help the people behind them. So I mean, there are so many values that you can get through the through the training. So, you know, in the beginning, I used to believe that okay, there is like this uh, like 
super like training for athletes and then there is the training for self-defense and anything else is not real martial art yeah. you know i was in my 20s and being silly and, and arrogant back then maybe i still are, am i don't know <laughs> definitely but, not but the, the, the thing is like okay now i realize okay the reality the, the honesty of the practice has to be there of course we're trying you know we're trying to really be realistic about what we do but at the same time you can learn so much you know yeah. so so much so it's not so much about okay this technique is more efficient than that technique yeah you, you see this is the thing it's like i personally don't think we've even scratched the surface of you know that you know bruce lee said a vehicle for personal development mm, you know yeah. and, and i i really you know i have guys some of you guys who train with me you know i'm not going to mention you by name but as i always say this is prozac in typepad form and it is the truth you know I, I've seen I've seen you guys come in and you go out first of all smiling and happy and secondly um, if, if you're in a stronger position I think you've got a moral obligation to help somebody out right if you know something it's like you said earlier uh, and I'll get you I'll get you just to repeat because you're better than me eh? but you you were saying you're not better or any worse than me but you if you don't mind at the end when you were summing um, up yeah I was just uh, ref like uh, talking about like you know instructors in general you know there, there is the belief that the instructor just basically keeps you know he's there he knows the knowledge he keeps the knowledge so his goal is to to pass on the knowledge right so he's not better than the student or worse than the student we're equal now obviously you know, if we share knowledge and we share time together, there's an appreciation. Maybe some, you know, if the student has some gratitude, that's great. If nice, yeah. Yeah, if you know, of course, you, you want that. Sometimes you will find in gyms people that will come, they train for, I don't know, a period of time. That's what I call the rogue student. And then all of a sudden, once he feels like he's, he's at the same level, knows as much as you, then he would just leave you. To be honest, it doesn't matter how much one person knows, but the ties that you create, that, that, should, be, that yeah. should be important, right? And I think the student can have some gratitude towards the instructor. If he, if he has it, that's better. The instructor appreciates his student for the time he puts on. But there is no relationship of hierarchy of I'm better than you, you, you're worse than me type of thing. That's, we're, all, we're all the same, right? Yeah, but you know, well, this is, this is uh, you know, this is the thing. We, we were, you know, We've just been talking about, you know, the role of an instructor and you were, you mentioned about how we have this Western mindset and it comes from the Greeks and that, you know, I, I, yeah, I loved it. You know, the patricide stuff. I really, yeah, I really, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I really dig that. You know, if you don't mind, just explain uh, this. No, okay. so it, it, I was listening to this and trust me, this is solid gold, guys. Okay. I don't know if I can do a good job now where you make me go into the, no, no, no. the deep philosophy stuff, but uh, no, Basically, I was trying to explain that sometimes we have um, Western culture, Western society, we have the tendency to kind of like always go toward like upgrade mentality, okay? Let's just take an example with phones, okay? You have the iPhone 4, okay? And this is a great phone until the iPhone 5 comes up and that negates the 4, then the 6 comes up and negates the 5 and so on. So this notion of progress that whatever we do now is to get beaten by what's coming next. So obviously we do the same thing with instructors. Guru's got, got a great, great analogy with that. He says, okay, let's say you go to high school, or let's say elementary school, right? You learn whatever you learn there, and then you move on to junior high, and then high school, and then you move on to college. But you never go, ah, that elementary school teacher, man, that guy. That I don't learning, need those ABCs anymore. <laughs> and I never learned anything from him that was good, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. But I think in... Um, Southeast Asian mentality or what I witnessed so far, Southeast Asian is kind of broad, but just, just to, to give you an idea, we kind of share, cherish knowledge and understand that the knowledge, is, knowledge was there, okay? So there is a, a notion that 
whoever's passing me the knowledge is, is the, the the gatekeeper of that knowledge and and, uh, and i respect and i appreciate w what he did for me passing on the knowledge so another way to say okay the only reason i'm standing here today is because of the people before me right so then it doesn't matter how much i know but the ties that we we, we create together are yeah. very important and you cherish them right so you know, I mean, when I think of my instructor, of course, I think about how many techniques he's showing me, how much knowledge, but it's more about the kindness, about the those interactions, those, you know, daily interactions. That, that, you know, most of the, the things I learned, to be honest, were on the mat, but also outside the mat between two doors and um, going into the car and coming out of the restaurant, yeah. you know, those, those little moments that, that makes the real but, life. Yeah, life, that, right? well, that, that's the thing. It's like uh, regular listeners, you know this, I've bored you to tears with this, you know. Uh, Rick Young, Terry Barnett, Rick Fay, these are guys that I grew up. I was a 16-year-old kid getting bullied and beaten. And I used to read about these guys and I'm like, oh God, if I if one day if I could just train in that, mm -hmm. not, not 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 meet them, certainly not go, Great I'm gonna people. go to America, do Great it. And then lives. yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's like, you know, as I've said before, after my father, Terry Barnett's the most formative man in my life mm. out of 46. And I don't, you know, I don't need a father figure. Mm. You know, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know about you, Daniel, you know. Uh, you know, I learned some lessons from my dad. Some of them weren't great, you know, some of them were quite painful. Uh, but with, as I've said before about Terry, everything that I, I don't have one bad memory. Yes. And yeah, and I got that out of something I thought I was going to learn how to kick somebody's ass out of. That's, we a, are that's a great example. You know, I think we all need mentors, you know, like we need people that came before us that have some more knowledge. They, they're a little bit more on the other side of the bridge. And uh, it's nice to be able to ask questions. You know, we are in a society of me, 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 ahead, ahead, ahead. But how they say when shit hits the fan, yeah, then you get you get on the receiving end. Right. So. So it's kind of nice to have people like, you know, sometimes we one mentor is great, two mentors is better, and three and four and five and six. And sometimes if you're lucky, you get someone like an individual like Gurdan who has so much knowledge. It's amazing. Yeah, you know? and wisdom, then, wisdom, right? Yeah. And then the next thing you know, introduces you to all of these really other cool people. Yes. And then and then it's like, you're up it with, I'm going to have to give him a name check. Here. Oh God, it's killing me. You're up, you're, up with, you're up with Peter and Lee Richardson up in Aberdeen, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Pete, you know, I love you really. You just need to keep the shirt on more, right? That's the thing. Have you ever seen this guy? Every picture he's got. Because he has the abs. That's what he, he has got the abs. He's, yeah, yeah. Put, put them away, man. We don't need them. You had a you had a pretty cool meeting because you met up with Hay while you were there, right? Yes, yes. So, and you normally uh, see him? Yeah, usually we see him in LA and he comes down the academy and teaches us uh, privately. But then he was teaching a, a workshop in Aberdeen and uh, so we happened to be in the same at the same time in Aberdeen. So, you know, he came so supportive, you know, came just watch. I mean, he's a BJJ guy. He doesn't do any Filipino martial art, boxing or anything else, but he just came down just to support and just great energy to have him yeah, on the mat. You know? Just a master. And like on that, he said that you're you're training, you're training at Crown Gracie's now. Well, yeah, you know, uh, Crown Grace Academy is not too far from uh, from where we train and from where I live, actually. It takes me about like eight minutes to get down there. Jesus. So, yeah, I was like, man, I mean, <laughs> these guys are just world class and they're right next door. So it'd be silly of me not to, to go there and get my, you know, get tapped every day. It's, it's great. You know, it's, I love it. You know, that's if you put yourself in those situation of discomfort, I think that's the best. You know, you learn the most, you know. Yeah, too right. Every, everyone knows all the answers when they're eating birthday cake, right? <laughs> that's, that's the one. Like Every, that. everyone, everyone's like, yes, yeah, I'm yes, good yes. here. So yeah. these guys are great out there. They're great, like great, like Crown Grace. I mean, that's, you know, it doesn't get better than that. And his dad teaches there on Wednesday, 
Hickson's there yeah, on Wednesday. Yeah, Professor Hickson's there on Wednesday. And my God, what a, what a human being. What a, what a, now what he's a talent, isn't life. he? Eh? Jeez, jeez. And uh, what an energy. What energy. Yeah? Yeah, larger than life. Is he? Uh, do you, have you got to got to work out with him as well? Well, you know, he's teaching, obviously, you know, I'm, a, I'm at the, the lower part of the chain in there, which is great. I love it, you know. And, uh, you know, so, so I'm on the mat and he, he's teaching his lesson. So I benefit from that, yeah. And That's, what grade What grade are you in BJJ? I'm a blue belt right now. Oh, trust me. Same here. The blue belt. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy blue belt. I, I'm a very happy <laughs> blue belt. Trust me. Uh, there's, I, I'm just getting used to the fact that people are trying to kill me. It's like so two years in and I'm like... But it, there is redemption to that because you, you can only go up. Yeah, there, you well, can only go if you're patient. As, enough, yeah, you as I've said before, go. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the worst love affair in the world. You love it and it doesn't love you back as much, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's a love-hate relationship. It is a love-hate relationship. And, you know, the problem is it, it, it's a very, very one-sided affair. So is that something that you would like to train a lot? You know? Yeah, you know, it goes back to what we were saying before. Like, you have to be honest with your practice. And I have to be honest, like, if let's just say I don't want to go on the ground. But if it, I do happen to find myself on the ground, I should know something. Obviously, Jiu-Jitsu is not just about ground finding. There are a lot of takedowns and leverage and concept. Yeah. But... The thing is, like, you have to investigate. You have to be honest and say, okay, that's why we study the Filipino martial art. Not just because it's Filipino or whatever, but if you look at, let's say, the LA Times and you go on the homicide uh, report part, you will see that a lot of things happen out there. They're done with, like, uh, blades, uh, sticks, two by four, some sort of some sort of metal object, some sort of object they're going to hit. So you should have, in your martial art practice, you should have some knowledge about weapons, right? Yeah. So if, if you want to be honest and serious, and then if, let's say you, you fall on the ground, you have you say, oh, I'm never going to go on the ground. You can never say never, right? So if I hit the ground, maybe I don't want to go there, but I want to know enough to be able to come back and, and overcome, right? And it's part of the research. And ultimately, like you said, you love it. You know, we love the practice. It's a healthy practice. It's a lifestyle. You're on the mat, you know, like anybody else. Right? Yeah. You know? First of all, I think it's very, very good. And secondly, it's... Uh, if you go back to you know being real or whatever, it's um, I don't know. Do you get on? This sounds random when I ask you this, but do you get on well? Get on well with your in-laws and you know your wife's extended family? Yes, I really do. Actually, right. So imagine if you didn't, right, and you had to go and spend the holidays with them for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That that's what I always say to people, and they say, "Why do you love? Why do you love jujitsu?" And I said, "Because you know, you say you're never going to be there." You know, because that, that's the, the the answer. The guys, you'll never take me down. And I would say, I found out once I was I was away for two weeks with my family, my 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 in laws, yeah. And I thought I was never going to go there either. <laughs> so I, I I needed to know my way around there, or at least learn how to love it and enjoy it. But it's yes. the truth, right? It's, and again, it, there's there's something you know beautiful in just learning to embrace discomfort. Because that's yeah. when you find out about who you are. That's very true. Yeah, it's easy. Like if you only do things that you like, obviously it's easy. You do what you love. But I think, like you said, like the struggle. And and think about it. martial art is about that, isn't it? It's about like dealing with the struggle, dealing with the conflict. So being comfortable, being uncomfortable, that's a big part of the training, right? Yeah. And then uh, if you always do what feels good, well probably the situation you find yourself if we talk about realistic aspect is not going to feel good yeah so learning with to overcome struggle to feel comfortable being pressured yeah that's that's definitely part of the training i'll tell you something if only we could apply this to your everyday life <laughs> oh wait a minute we do that's why it works right but it is the truth and, and it's a i don't know about you but 
the amount of people that they turn around and say, just by swinging two sticks, I managed to do two things at once. And then it's, you know, you had me in side control and I, I thought I was going to, but I managed to get through it. And then I had a bad experience at work and you're like, yeah, it was just side control. You yeah, know, exactly. You've yeah. been there, you've been there a thousand times. Why are you so, you know, why are you so worried? So I'm going to just ask you now, where would you like to take your martial arts career now? Career? I hate, to use, I hate to say career because you're not a career sort of guy, right? <laughs> not too much. No, no. But where, yeah. where, where, do, where do you see it going? You know, I still have a lot to learn, you know, so keep training, keep practicing. I think I'm reaching a point that, you know, the body's changing too. I'm turning, I turn 40. So, you know, I'm, I'm reaching a point where I find like, it's not so much of a push anymore, like to run after something, but it's becoming more like, you know, like I said earlier, it's it's my lifestyle, it's finding balance, you know. So I'm not very goal oriented in, in the sense that like, I'm not after a product really, really yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just, I'm living it. I try to live it and I enjoy living it. And like, you know, I meet you guys, great people, we train, uh, we get to do what we love. How many people can say that? And, and I wish everybody could say that, you know? Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up on this. So thanks a lot, Daniel. Thank you, man. Thank you. That was awesome. I hope you enjoyed listening to Daniel and Era. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Get straight over to www.mixedmartialarts.com. You'll be able to read more about me, find out who I am, find out about the team behind this wonderful thing that we're doing here. Next week, I've got the Marmite of UK martial arts. You either love him or you hate him. It's Tony Pillage. I was a green belt in, in, in a really shit start and I opened up my own club. Now, you know, a lot of the people who gave me a, a, a tremendous amount of shit, and rightly so at that time, now become my biggest fans. Mixed martial arts podcast for everything you need in podcasts and martial arts and anything to do with anyone called Mick. What? Mixed martial arts is a paint your headphones production. What? My wife's actually looking at me crazy now. I'm doing my screen for my podcast. Yeah, she's just waving at me now. I don't know what that's all about.